This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get the home field advantage with health care coverage from Farm Bureau Health Plans. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the OTP. My name is Amy Wells, and I am so excited that you are joining us today because we had the chance to talk to a very special guest Chase Rice. Now, you might know Chase from his career as a country music singer, but did you know that he was also a very successful football player? He had dreams of going to the National Football League, but due to injury, that didn't really happen. We'll get into that during the interview, but we talked about how he made that shift from football to music. It's a very interesting story, and during 2020, when he had some time on his hands, he really did some remarkable things, putting out multi-part albums, which is so cool. And so we had a chance to talk to him about all of these things, and I want to share this with you guys. So here it is, my conversation with Chase Rice, and he's coming to us from his bison farm. Chase Rice, I'm so excited to have you on the OTP. We have so much to talk about. And I guess the place that we should start is with your current single, Drinking Beer, Talking God, Amen. What was the genesis of this song? And are you surprised by how much it's resonating with people right now? Uh, to answer the second one first, no, I'm not surprised because I even liked the song. Like so, sometimes you you do songs, you're like, I don't even want to hear myself sing this or I don't want to sing it myself. But then when I kept listening back, I was like, man, I just want to keep hearing this song. It just makes me feel good. It makes me happy. It does remind me of a lot of stuff I did last year, you know, just with quarantine happening and, and the timing of it couldn't have been any better. So I could relate to it. And if I can relate to it, I think that's that's a sure sign that other people are going to be able to hopefully relate to it as well. So I'm glad that it is. I think it's really cool to see what it's doing already because I it's going to I think this is the very beginning of this song and, and how much it can really connect. So you drop a single and for a lot of people, especially in the environment that 2020 was like that's enough that's plenty to do in a year you have a single it's very successful but you come back and say no i'm not going to just give you another new song you did an album in two parts yeah why did you decide to surprise your fans in that way and what was your inspiration for all of that music given that the world was nothing like anyone has ever experienced before well it already started to be honest i, I did uh part one of the album very early 2020 and then so when i go start looking at part two i was already ready to do something last summer release it and then obviously everything happened the way it did but i didn't want to completely stop putting on music i mean a lot of people were sitting at home that was not a whole lot to do so between netflix and whatever hbo show was happening people were also listening to music so i decided to continue to put you know part two out part three was actually supposed to come out last fall and that didn't end up happening. I did push that part, but that's coming out here in the next month. So, yeah, I just thought it was important to continue to put out music and continue to, you know, not completely go on hold. I mean, we weren't doing live music, but that doesn't mean you can't put out songs that you've got ready to go. Why an album in parts? Like, what's the benefit of doing that? It was definitely something I just wanted to try that was new. Honestly, I was just fed up with how people were listening to music. And that's not blaming anybody. I mean, I, I was listening to music the same way. I wasn't listening to albums anymore full all the way through just because I think we're 
starting to be trained to have our attention span so short, which gave me the idea to do the parts. You know, put out less music, but put it out more often. Give the people a chance to dive into six or seven songs as opposed to, you know, a full album, which is usually 10 to 15 songs. I just wanted each song to, you know, get its fair time as being the center of attention. I put so much work into these songs that if people weren't going to listen to albums, I wasn't going to give them one. Having said that, after part three, I'm going to scratch that idea, at least for my next record, and drop a full album at one time because now I'm in a place where I have a ton of songs that I'm ready to release at one time. So there's different ways to do it. There's some smart things about it. I think there's some bad things about it. I personally love full albums. So I tried it and it did really well. People people love these songs. I'm, I'm starting to go back to live music now and, and an album part one and two that I never really got to hear live. I'm finally hearing it live and it works. It's connected with people. There's plenty of songs on this you know, part one and two that were not singles, but people still love, you know, forever to go. Best night ever. People are singing the hell out of them. So yeah, it worked, but now I'm going to go back to a full album later this year. How important is it to always keep things fresh for you as an artist? I mean, your fans, the consumers, of course, but also just so that you don't get into a rut. It's very important. There was a three-year period there where my band was about to kill me because our set was almost the same for three years but i was like man if it's not broke why fix it but then i even got tired of it it's like man i'm, I'm tired of going up and singing the same song so i'm sorry my bison are going nuts in the background but to me yeah you got to keep it fresh you got to if not if nothing else for myself i mean there's always going to be the hits that you're going to play you're always going to play ready set roll you're always going to play eyes on you i'm going to want it tonight now lonely if you are has become a hit all last year which it was cool to finally see this past weekend like man this song really did connect with people last year but to change it up for myself and for me to go out there on on stage every night and actually be passionate about it, actually want to go do it um you need new songs and that's what i'm working on right now um this next record you know part three like i said comes out in a month so that'll be three three new songs that i'll be able to play live throw some of those in there and then full album later this year is going to be a whole another batch that to me is by far the best songs i've ever written so i'm Real excited to get that out. It seems like you have a lot of life experiences to draw on. I did just a very basic scratching the surface list of cool things that you've done in your life. You were part of a NASCAR pit crew. You were on Survivor Nicaragua and finished second, which I feel is important to add. You've traveled the world. You are currently talking to me on your bison farm with actual bison in the background. So I can confirm this is a real thing. You seem like a real renaissance man. How do you bring all of those different experiences and bits and pieces of them and mush them all together and create music that's relatable to people who will never go to Nicaragua and wouldn't even know a bison if it walked up and hit him in the face? Yeah, well, I don't I don't sing about that. I don't, I'm not going to be singing about Survivor. I'm not going to be singing about, honestly, I don't see my bison ever making their way into a song. But what it does do, it allow, what I've realized, especially last year, was it allowed me to go live a real life. I realized from 2013 to 2020, I didn't have a life. I was just traveling. I was touring. And that's when I look back at a lot of the songs, and I was just trying to write songs. It's like, all right, what are we going to write today? Yesterday, we had a song that we wrote that it was we were just trying to write a song. And I, to me, that that that's not music. So for me having as much time as I've had off for me to get over here and not be thinking about anything, uh, all I'm thinking about is what's in front of me because what's in front of me could kill me if I slip and screw up. But being able to live real life, whether it's on my farm, whether it's going to visit buddies in North Carolina, going to 
We had a, just had a ski trip in Big Sky, Montana. Being able to live real life has allowed me to open my mind up to, oh, there's a life out there that doesn't look like my crazy fake life that you can get sucked into and, as, a, as a touring musician. And now I have a whole lot of stuff to write about. So that's why I'm real excited about part three and real, real excited about the next record. Now, this is a football podcast here on the OTP. So I feel I would be remiss if I didn't ask you a little bit about your own football career because you played at North Carolina. Tell me about your football experience. When did you start and kind of how did that chapter of your life end? Yeah, I started in middle school and I realized really eighth grade was when I was like, oh, okay, I'm a solid player. And then ninth grade, 10th grade to start becoming even more solid. You become one of the better players on your team. You become one of the leaders. And then junior year was when it was like, okay, wow, this I'm actually really good at football. I have a chance to go to college and not have to pay for it. I would have hated college anyway. If I didn't have football and didn't have a reason other than going to class and partying, I would have hated it. But being able to earn the scholarship to University of North Carolina gave me a purpose. It gave me a reason to go to college and, and a reason to go get an education on top of chasing a dream goal of playing in the NFL. And that was close to happening. I was a really good player my sophomore year, started the back half of the season, geared up to be one of the best players on the, on the defense my junior year. And then the very first game of the year, I got hurt. I busted my ankle real, real bad. It was an injury that I tried to come back from, but I was not even close to the same player. I'd lost speed. I'd lost confidence. It still does things where it'll like start to slip out the tendon that I tore. And it just feels a little weird, but it ended every goal or dream that I had of playing in the NFL. And on top of that, right at a miserable time when you're realizing I can't play football anymore, when I was good enough to continue to the next level, my dad died. So it was just the worst of all worlds colliding at one time. But that, the way I dealt with it was I wrote my first, very first song about it. So I realized that it wasn't even another path. I was so bad in the beginning that it wasn't like I was like, oh, I'll move to Nashville and be a country singer. No, I was just a hobby. And it was therapy for me to be able to write about my life. And luckily that therapy has lasted, you know, I guess now at this point, it's been over 10 years and I get to make a living doing this. So that's how football transitioned into music through an absolutely horrible experience and horrible couple of years. But you can turn a negative into a positive. That's that's one of the best things you can do in life. Well, now has it almost flipped to where football is something that becomes a release or an escape and music is the thing that you do as your career. That's the dream. That's the job. And now football is where you can kind of have that life. Yeah, it literally has flipped. There's Saturday nights or Sundays, depends on the game, whether it's college or the NFL, that I'm not walking off the bus to go sing unless this game is over. I'm not missing what's about to happen. So that's how much I love football still. That's how much I, I finally get to be a fan as opposed to watching the game thinking, oh, this is Tampa 2. What's the middle linebacker going to do? Okay, now they got to – whatever, matchups. You're obsessing over the technical stuff in the game and how it's played as, as opposed to now. I just watch football and I drink beer and it's awesome. <laughs> and I get to do my job while I do that, you know, going, going on a stage. So I couldn't love my life anymore. So if anyone is ever at a Chase Rice concert on a Friday or Saturday night and you're a little bit late, they should check ESPN because there's probably a pretty good game on somewhere. Tar Heels are playing. I think it was Clemson in the ACC championship a couple of years ago. Oh man, I was 30 minutes going late at the Grizzly Rosen and they didn't seem to mind. The people were cool with it because I guess that's pretty normal for some people to be late sometimes anyway, but at least mine was an okay reason. I was watching my Tar Heels. 
So how did you become a Titans fan? If you're someone who normally was a college football guy, that was kind of your spot. How do you transition to the NFL? That was tough for me because I grew up in Florida, and that was back when the Jags were a brand-new team, and the Titans became a new team to Nashville. But because I grew up in Florida, I was pulling for two teams, the Jags and the Titans because they had Javon Curse. Literally, Javon Curse is the reason I'm a Titans fan because he was a Gator and I grew up a Gator and he was my favorite defensive player in the world. And I remember him literally holding a chain just like around his neck, being tough as hell during the Super Bowl against the Rams. And I'm just sitting there all in, wanting him to win so bad. And obviously, the most heartbreaking loss you could possibly imagine. Oh my God. The amount of Florida Gators in country music is unbelievable. Like, do you guys get together on the weekends? There are so many Gators fans in the country music space. There's a lot of dogs. There's a lot of Georgia Bulldogs. There's a lot of Gators. And I'm a Gator for sure. Grew up one, but I went to the University of North Carolina. So I think there's three of us really that are Tar Heels, me, Luke Combs, and Eric Church, all Carolina guys. I'm claiming the, the, the heels all day long over the game. <laughs> well, that's good. It provides some variety, which we appreciate. You've actually gotten to meet and create real relationships with some of the guys on the Titans team. Do you find you have a lot in common with them, not only from your football experience, and so you can relate in that way, but also because there are a lot of similarities when it comes to preparation and process from music to sports? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, that's the world I came from. So it's just easy for us to relate. Matt Overton's one of my best buddies, and he's he came into the Titans last year. So any guy that has to work for what he has, there's a lot of players out there who are just talented as hell, more talented than I could ever be, and just didn't have that mindset. I've seen so many players that had more talent than anybody, but didn't have the mindset of – you know, working hard. And, and any guys like a guy like Matt Overton that just works so hard for everything he's ever had, nothing given to him, that's the guy that I can get along with because that's what I had to do in football. So I love people with that mindset in general. They're good people to be around. They're good people to surround your surround yourself with. guy like Mike Vrabel. I mean, as a player, he was one of those guys where talented, absolutely, but plenty of linebackers out there faster than him, plenty of linebackers out there stronger. But he had that mindset with guys like Teddy Bruschi and all that, that we got to work, let's go. And that's why I get along so well with Mike as well. So any people with that mindset, and that's the culture that he's building with the Titans as well, that's a team I can get behind, you know. All right, I know I've got to let you go, but for my last question, we kind of blew over the bison farm thing, and I want to lean into it just a little bit. So why did you decide that a bison farm was something that you needed in your life? Well, I had the farm. That was that was first thing. If you get into bison farming and you got to buy the farm, you're crazy because you're not going to make your money back. I already had the farm. I loved looking at my land, but I'd never really looked at it a lot because I'm on tour, I'm on the road. And then all of a sudden you give me a year off and I'm walking on my front porch, staring at my land. I'm like, I got to do something with this. And my preacher was actually at my house one night. We were just grilling out, cooking. And he starts talking about his buddy who's a bison farmer. I'm like, I mean, there's nothing more American than American Buffalo. <laughs> I called Daniel, who's actually here. We're going to work the bison here in a minute. And I, I said, man, do you think I'll need a new truck if I get these bison? He said, brother, that is the last question you need to be asking. There's a whole <laughs> lot into this before you end up needing a new truck. And I'll tell you right now, these guys are all girls. And then there's Bennington right there, the big one. But wow. yeah, they're about to get worked. And it's our first day doing that. So on this farm anyway. So it's going to be a learning experience today. But by the end of the day, I'm going to have a whole different experience than I've ever had before. I'm excited. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're going to circle back and call you back at about 6.30 tonight and see if you're still alive, you still want to keep these bikes on your property, 
and we'll go from there. <laughs> I'm going to be diving into some nice, nice, very, very cold beers after this one. So I might be slurring my words a little bit, but it's going to be a good day. Chase, thank you so much for taking thank some you time guys. to chat with us. This was phenomenal. Looking forward to the season. It's, it's going to be fun. I'm glad we can hopefully have fans back. That'll be the best. Look to the folks at Farm Bureau Health Plans when you need someone who understands the X's and O's of healthcare coverage. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Chase Rice for taking some time to talk with me. What an awesome conversation. And guys, thank you for tuning in to this edition of the OTP, the official Titans podcast. So great to have you here with us. If you have not subscribed to this podcast, do it. You want to make sure that you are always getting the most updated version of the OTP downloaded right to your phone. And you could do that by subscribing. So be sure you do that. Tell your friends and family, spread the word about the official Titans podcast because the draft is over, but we are not over. There is so much more to come this offseason. There's tons of Titans football to talk about. So be sure you stick around. I'm Amy Wells. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the OTP.